or something. Good morning. We're um, listening to Mary Trump. You know, I know uh, the, the initial reason I uh, called this meeting to order was just the, I don't know, I, this decision by judge, quote unquote, Judge Eileen Cannon has been called many things, uh, outrageous, stupid, egregious, insane. I mean, the list is long. Uh, and we do need to talk about that because that has all sorts of implications and it puts this country on ver a very dangerous footing. Um, but then Ron DeSantis, or Hades, as I like to call him, um, kidnapped a bunch of people at taxpayer expense and... <sighs> Nothing's going to happen to him. The baby, he though. may well get reelected. Um, you know, surrounding himself with these racist white people and and his cops and his state troopers. And but one of the things, I mean, the the first thing about this, and I again, I I don't like being angry all the time. I don't like it when I see a picture of somebody I've never met and never will met that my first feeling is hatred towards them. It's it's a very uncomfortable way to, to live one's life. Uh, but just on a, on a human level, if you are not horrified, outraged, and heartbroken by this, then you don't belong. You don't have a fucking heart in a democracy. You don't belong. You are you are unfit for society, except I guess the society of Florida and Texas and oh well, you know, like half the country, I suppose. So, and the other shockingly awful thing about this is that it Looking this happened brutal. sixty. A version of this happened sixty years ago, uh, hmm. when a bunch of white segregationists pulled off what they call the reverse freedom ride and kidnapped a bunch of African-American families and <laughs> shipped them also to Cape Cod, as it turns out, to Hyannis, Highcliff, uh, which is where, where at Kennedy the time was. John F. Kennedy was with his family and they were deceived. They were lied to. They were told that there would be jobs and housing waiting for them. I don't know yet what the people on Martha's Vineyard, which for those of you who don't know, is a small island off the coast of Cape Cod, which is actually where I am. I'm not on Martha's Vineyard. I'm on Cape Cod right now. And yes, we hear about Martha's Vineyard because it's where lots of rich people go and party. I mean, Obama had the Obamas hang out there. Um, but Dershowitz doesn't get invited to the party. Dershowitz can't <laughs> even get into the library anymore. But, you know, but seriously, it's 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 known as this very ritzy place. It's like the Cape Cod version of, of the Hamptons on Long Island. But it's September. High season is over. And if you've never been on Cape Cod in the winter, which I have, it's a very different place. It's bleak. It's quiet. There aren't jobs. It is not an easy place to live in the off season. So, you know, um, it's just another instance in which this despicable white guy with power has free reign, not just to be as cruel as he wants, but to do it in a way that the fucking media are describing as politically shrewd. 
Yes, it's politically shrewd. Politically shrewd. To be viciously racist and endanger people and their children. Fuck you, press. You know, I don't know how how much people watching have have been following this, but these people didn't know. They thought they were going to Boston. They didn't know where they were when they got there. There was nobody waiting for them. They had to walk like three miles after not having eaten for 24 hours with their children and their belongings, not knowing what was waiting for them. Luckily, because there are still decent human beings in America, they were greeted with AP Spanish students who could talk, communicate with them, and translate for them. They were greeted by restaurant owners who were willing to donate food and um, people who were willing to provide shelter. But, and that's great. But it shouldn't have happened. And and this is again, I keep saying this, but it's true. All of this is of a piece, all of it, because it, the cruelty is allowed to continue. The stochastic terrorism is allowed to be engaged in because people like DeSantis, people like Donald Trump, people like Greg Abbott continue to do these things out in the open with impunity and gain power. So... What and DeSantis do it is to doing, gain if power. It stopped, if it isn't, if he's not fucking arrested, right? If the 11th district doesn't side with the rule of law, then I honestly, guys, I don't know where where we go from here, except to say that if the <clears throat> Democrats don't start talking about these issues in a way that is compelling to the American people if they don't help the American people understand what it means when one person has a totally different legal standard from the rest of the 330 million of us. When one person can literally kidnap dozens of human beings simply because of the color of their skin and suffer no consequences except maybe re-election, then, then we're, we're not. Exactly. We are not in a good place. Yep. So uh, that's. Fucked. I think why you need to. You don't have a lot of time. So. <laughs> um, no, you just made that up. But if you want me no, to. No, I thought you I, said you you would. Majority. Say, uh, uh, it's okay. Go majority ahead. Republican uh, and know, fucking uh, Trump well, judges on the Eleventh Circuit. To start the, the opening of the show, Mary. Yeah, I cut and, it short uh, because I really there are other people here. Uh, and if, if everyone wants to go first, go ahead. But I think. <laughs> You know, probably so much that happened yesterday, and some um, stupid reason. There's three things in particular you mentioned. It, 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 what's happening if you look it's at the big picture is we're dealing with the fascist movement, and we're dealing with a radicalized and weaponized Sorry, authoritarian it's not charged movement. With fucking and we've seen that when Joe espionage. Biden finally dipped his toes in the water and called it out as such, somewhat. Biden will pardon him. a threat to democracy. It didn't hurt. It helped his polls. We just saw today that as a result of uh, you know easing the student loan debt and the, with the Paul grants. His numbers went up, and even on Fox News, double digits, right? When better not fucking. Biden better issue, not fucking pardon this piece of shit, traitor, terrorist, president. The numbers goes up, and one, and these three things that you mentioned and you touched about, I think, are a preview of what will happen when the Republicans gain power. Number one, a story that was in the news for a day, for a hot second that left, that Leonard Leo, the right-wing architect, <laughs> the Godfather, who's taken dark money 
to literally purge the courts of sane, responsible, rational judges and install extremists in black robes. Uh, Great return on investment. I get, I tip my hat off to Republicans. A 40-year plan gets you a judge cannon. Paid you off. Where paid it's off. perfectly fine. The conspiracy kind of to stack the courts with you know, radical activist judges. documents that expose our national security and the... National security of foreign countries and it, also expose our law enforcement and, and you know, confidential unqualified. Eh, go ahead. If you're a Republican, go for it. So you got the judges. The second thing is you have governors using and abusing their power to do whatever is necessary to impose their right wing agenda and also getting away with beings it. as public theater to gain. Fucking cruel, the should, the he should be arrested. Exactly Why the fuck Texas is he arrested? Florida, about it six months ago is that you're going to see Texas and Florida as the right-wing laboratories for right-wing ideas and policies that, if they catch fire, will then become the national blueprint for Republicans. And so the story of DeSantis is very is the following. This, I mean, if these were white immigrants or Ukrainians, this is how it would be covered. DeSantis lied to immigrants, kidnapped them, trafficked them period done uh but they don't look like us they don't look like blue-eyed ukrainians uh they don't look like the family members of a lot of our colleagues in the media and so you know you can dispense with the humanitarian lens and, and not empathize and do a both sides analysis as to what you actually accurately described as cruelty and there's another aspect here which again would be leading news if it was obama or if the suspects were black and brown Muslims, no one's talking about. Yesterday, uh, a woman was arrested for making a violent threat That's against right. Austin Children's Hospital. What? A couple of days ago, uh, a Chicago man was arrested for killing his wife and badly injuring his daughter because he was radicalized by QAnon. In the past seven days, Donald Trump on his truth social platform has aggressively promoted all-out QAnon conspiracies and Q-linked accounts. What? Ashley Babbitt was radicalized by QAnon to attack the January 6th Capitol. And in the last Doesn't month, ever since libs of TikTok and Daily Wire's Matt Walsh started falsely saying that Boston Children's Hospital was uh, doing direct means on children, there's been an increase in death threats, lo and behold. stochastic terrorism i think it's just terrorism so we yeah. saw the judiciary we saw governors the use of intimidation threats and terror all those stories that have happened in the past day mary i think are connected and revealed to us exactly what you're saying is that if joe biden and the democrats and all of our mainstream institutions do not use its, the language to accurately describe this threat and confront it they're giving us a sneak preview of what's going to happen. And, and I know Jen has a lot to say about the judiciary. When it comes to the judiciary, this is a sneak preview. Look, yeah. Donald Trump, who's been impeached twice, has, you know, was able to put... Guess what? Battleground states will give it to DeSantis or Trump, and that's that. <laughs>
Can yeah. I just add something to what Waz said? Only because before, before we go to the sort of legal realm, I think it's of a piece with exactly what he said. Sure, I just want to clarify one thing really quickly. Uh, just when I said stick out, first of all, I agree with you, Watch, it's terrorism. What DeSantis yeah. is doing is terrorism. What's happening at Chelsea is not possible terrorism. I was talking specifically about Donald's response when he was asked, uh, you know, what if he's indicted? And he basically <laughs> said, you know, we're, we're going to come and kill all of you. Yeah, you said that. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, of course. It was like a mob boss, Mary. It yeah, like it was absolutely. Yeah, it was somebody, kind of somebody, somebody on Twitter was like, yeah, nice country you got there. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, Cliff, I just wanted no, to. No, no, no. We have fun. Sure, but, but I feel like this is important because it connects to what Waj just said, which is you just, right there with everything that he was talking about with the violence that occurred yesterday, we also had a member of Congress kick somebody assault somebody for asking them questions. What? And of course, that yeah. member of Congress is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, almost who else could it be, I suppose, Lord? Well, actually, it could be Lauren Bober, Jim Jordan, Louis Gohmer. Yeah. Okay, but, um, assault. Charge her with a fucking assault. It's a young Gen Z uh, group that is advocating, you know, for their Because again, like this is a part of that. They, they, they act, they, the violence with impunity is coming from within the house, quite literally, at this point in time. And, and this is this is something that Donald's been doing his whole life. He just pushes the envelope. He pushes the envelope. When he gets a little bit of pushback, he pulls back. But then nothing happens. So I mean, we, obviously that was the problem with the first impeachment, and and it just gets worse and worse because. Uh, it gets nor the media starts to normalize these things, and one of the worst things that happened in that this, 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 she's so disgusting uh, in that video was the two thugs 
uh, who, on her behalf, basically said, you know, how dare you block a member of Congress? First of all, the fact that she gets any respect at all is, is disgusting, but blaming them for the fact that she kicked constituents, that, that was one thing. And then she based her argument was like, you know, gun-free zones kill people. Because in addition to being a grotesque human being, she's also really stupid. Uh, Jen, I just, I, you know, I know you were going to talk about the legal stuff, but I want to, I want to uh, also uh, put things in this context. I spoke with David Korn yesterday, who just came out with an excellent book called American Psychosis, uh, and it's it's basically the, the history of how the Republicans have have embraced extremism. or Hillary Clinton, either they, they don't understand the essence of the attacks leveled against them. Mm -hmm. You're not American. You're not a patriot. What have you? Uh, you like you like murderers. You like rapists. You set them free. Um, or the media fixates on the fact that Hillary Clinton called Donald supporters, half of them, a put them deplorable. in a basket of deplorables. They it's focus stupid. on that and say, how dare you be so mean to these oh, racists oh, and misogynists and white down. supremacists? Well, yes. And they completely forget about the okay. racism, the misogyny, and the white supremacy. So I think all of that is also something else that has tended towards this moment where it's, corporate media you know, it's this believe. unbroken line. And it's right. not that things have always been Black this bad. What, it's that because things have always happened this way and never media. been challenged, things are so much worse now because the ground has Fucking been softened run by Nazis, for uh, the kinds of behavior we're seeing. It. And you could say, well, you know, it's bad that DeSantis did this and it's the same thing that happened in this it's 60 years ago. Well, you know what? The fact that it's happening 60 years later is so much fucking worse because it's 2022 anyway sorry another mini rant but i just i also wanted to add that layer to the conversation but uh you know legally speaking jen wow we are in serious trouble yeah and <clears throat> before i Not do the you know man. Legal technicalities too late, too late. here. I just want to imagine if any of us, if we together right now, um, Charlotte, Cliff, Wadge, and you, Mary, and I decided that we were going to pool some money together and we were going to go down to Texas and find, you know, even five people, family of five, and hop on a plane with them up to New York or Martha's Vineyard or, um, you know, Hilton Head, maybe that'd be their place, Hilton Head, whatever. Would you like to know what would happen to us criminally? Then yes. that's, yes. Okay. So, and if we made so the deal is under, as, as you heard the lawyer, maybe, maybe you heard um, or read about, there's a lawyer on Martha's Vineyard who says, you know, first of all, we've got some state law kidnapping. Oh. Because the way this was done was told people, hey, we're going to transport you to Boston where there are these jobs. None of that was true. And they actually took them someplace. They didn't know where they were going. So we've got the state law kidnapping. We also um, have fe different federal law potential charges, including, you know, the statute um, that forbids 
um, taking um, it, it's kidnapping, it alien smuggling, or domestic transporting, or harboring. I think it's probably just the smuggling and transporting, but it's a federal criminal offense to um, to transport or move um, or attempt to transport someone. Um, but again, this this would apply to people who allegedly have come here. Uh, to in violation of the law it seems like these folks came in here to to you know to assert legal claims to to um to, to remain here As but that's not science. what um you know we don't know that for sure and in this case what if we did what they did they are calling these unauthorized people who are here without authorization there's another thing the kidnapping in and of itself you might say well that's a state law claim but we have a RICO statute, and under the RICO statutes, RICO makes criminal um, doing things, including um, a pattern of um, kidnapping or a pattern of certain types of human trafficking. You know, regard. You know, there are some technicalities on the transporting of aliens, that, um, and but there's no technicality here that this was kidnapping. And if, again, if we did what these folks did, I think we would see ourselves um, indicted and arraigned jail. very quickly. And the longer the Justice Department waits, the more Merrick Garland, as much as I've been praising him recently, starts to look like Justice, Judge Cannon. There cannot uh -huh. be two systems of justice. Similarly, who, is this issue with the same thing that we said about Marjorie Taylor Greene? Cliff mentioned kicking someone on the sidewalk. A member of Congress is a human being. I mean, what, you know. Well, I'm not sure about her, but generally speaking. No, but like, and this is, but this is the whole thing. Some people get more humanity than others. Right. Right. And this is the, you know, treating human beings like pawns in your political game or someone walking down the sidewalk can be kicked. No. And I don't know, I don't know how in the world we're accepting this, these norms and this inhumanity, and that some people get more, it, it goes to your uncle. Some people's feelings matter. Right. He's extremely yeah, emotional, extremely volatile. We've got to be so concerned about his poor feelings. The right. rest of us, fuck your feelings. Well, exactly. Democrats, fuck your feelings. But, you know, we need, our feelings need to be protected. And just, you know, not, another thing, Jen, um, about yeah. uh, the the basis of the cruelty is the dehumanization and the fact that in, in both of these instances, um, the, we start with a false premise that these people are here, you know, they call them illegal immigrants, immigrants, which is so offensive that, you know, people can't be illegal. And as you said, as far as we know, they are human beings who probably suffered enorm made enormous sacrifices to get here and came here legally to seek asylum, which anybody on the planet is allowed to do. They may not get it, but they're allowed to ask for it. So by, by starting with this premise that they are not allowed to be here in the first place, I think that that's a slippery slope. And the same thing with, uh, in the same vain with greed it's like i'm a congressperson you're not allowed to block me so i can kick you and 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 these people get afforded these protections that as you said jay would never be afforded if the five of us went down there what what would the word for that be we would be a criminal gang 
or something. Right? Criminal but because you kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene, I can only imagine what would happen to us. <laughs> well, if I did, that would be something. Uh, well, let's, let's but try. I'm not saying it would be deserved. Yeah, not that I advocate that kind of thing. Never okay. violence. Never, but never, never. I no, only, only only the, so just send me halal meat and make sure i get wi-fi that's all i ask yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure they do that at guantanamo i think we'll all be we'll all be neighbors at guantanamo if things keep going south so so jed um and get away do you want to talk a little bit about the the, the yeah i want to add something you know there, there, there were children there too right so i'm just you know you start doing trafficking in children um i just it's not funny. Like this idea, ha ha, let's send them to where the rich Democrats vacation. These are people who are terrified, didn't know where they were going. That can't be. It's so fucking cruel. You know, and that's, you know, the it's cruelty so is cruel. the point. The performance is the point. <laughs> and so, you know, where are the adults in the room? Yeah. Well, Nikki Fried is, has law? made a. I don't know what it's called. Uh, Nikki Fried, I don't know what her position in Florida is, but she was running for the Democratic nomination for governor in Florida. Agricultural Commission, thank, I believe. Thank you. That's right. She did She did win a statewide race there, uh, yes. but uh, Charlie Crist won in the primary, but she's still in a position uh, in, in Florida state government, so she has made an appeal to the DOJ. Um, I don't know what her standing is necessarily, but good because Jen, as you said, yeah, okay, there's a lot going on and I know they're trying to flood the zone with their awfulness, but there are a lot of people who work for the DOJ. How, how can this not be addressed immediately? I mean, why wouldn't, I mean, this seems like a great business proposition for people who either genuinely care about immigrants and want to find them jobs actually in Boston or people who don't care and are actually trying to traffic children or traffic, you know, adults or just exploit labor. Why wouldn't they go? Holy shit. We could do this. Why? I mean, I just don't understand why if you do something brazenly and out in the open, it's no longer a crime. <laughs> but again, question. that's that is Wondering myself one too. of the what very the few uh, contributions Donald has made. Uh, he has modeled that kind of behavior because I think we talked about this a couple of days ago. For people who are inclined to give Donald away. the benefit of the doubt. And sadly, there are millions Over of people still willing to do that. And, and he doesn't deserve it. I mean, he's proven that he doesn't deserve it. But, you know, but if you're That's so it. inclined and, so you know, you, you don't know much except that all of these charges are flying around, all of these accusations are flying around. I mean, Charlotte, I would think that their reaction would be not that can't be possible. Clearly, somebody's out to get him because there's so many things he's being charged with. It just can't be real. Yeah, that's that's been the problem since 2015, right? I think uh, my, I have a really good friend. His name is Connor Shaw. He worked on Hillary's campaign, and the problem they came up against again and again is that it feels like you're laying on a bed of nails, right? Mm -hmm. There, there are so many distractions that, that people can't just focus on one thing, and after a while, it feels like there must be some kind of conspiracy going on. So, for conservatives, and especially conservatives in the South who are already primed not to believe that the media is doing right by conservative politicians, 
They believe this is a witch hunt. They believe that all of these agencies are coming after Trump as some kind of coordinated conspiracy to undo the great conservative American project. Uh, and so I, I think that's been my worry is that rather than focus on investigations, we should be focusing on things like abortion, like economic equality, and no, things that people no, 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 no. really care about in their day-to-day -day lives. Because this shit, I don't think it's going anywhere. I really don't. Um, you know, as soon as the special master stuff happened this, this past week or past two weeks, I thought, of course, of course, that was what, that was what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And people get exhausted by this. They're so exhausted of getting push notification from CNN or MSNBC or whoever the hell telling them Trump is being investigated for this. And here's the latest in this investigation and ultimately goes nowhere. This guy has been impeached twice, twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a mob and nothing has happened. <laughs> yeah, Keep that but in mind. I, it's not the, awful. the thing I will push back on is <laughs> that um, not, I agree that Democrats shouldn't make this a centerpiece of anything because, technically speaking, and rightly so, it's outside the of their purview. I mean, out. they can't bring charges against them. However, that doesn't mean the DOJ shouldn't be doing its fucking job. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, and and I think My the bed of nails exactly. is actually a really good analogy because there are so many nails. Each one individually is dangerous, but you have so many spread out that you know what you can lie on a bed of nails, but you. So it doesn't seem that bad, right? Whereas one, you lie on one nail and you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, so again, I think it's 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 a strategy. Flood the zone. Be open about your corruption and your criminality. And people aren't going to think it's that big a deal. So the DOJ, however, does not have the luxury of falling into that trap because it's the Department of Justice. And as um, what we're fighting against is... What Judge Cannon, I hate calling her judge, but whatever Cannon uh, has made clear is that there is a very virulent strain of uh, in this country towards um, making sure that there is a special system of justice just for Donald Trump because he's so awesome. Hey, uh, Waj, you wanted to... Mary, can I point something out real quick? I'm so sorry. No, um, no, no. I feel like this hasn't been talked about enough in the public sphere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, millions of Americans, millions of U.S. citizens live and work alongside undocumented people. Mm -hmm. You know, there are 12 million, 12 million undocumented people in the United States. I grew up in Texas. We lived alongside undocumented families. We went to school with them. Uh, we worked alongside them. This is already being done, and there's been right. no issues. So, it's a, I, yeah, I saw you tweet about that, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because exactly, it's nothing new. It's never been a big deal. So why, why now? Clean the base. It was, you know, going off of Charlotte's point. Um, this is another example where Democrats can learn from their previous mistakes and they have an opportunity. As Charlotte was saying, there's 11 to 12 million undocumented individuals in this country who work right beside us and we need them if they leave the country will collapse four million of those 11 to 12 million are children okay yep. and the democrats have made themselves weak and vulnerable on this issue because they don't push back or fight back they don't they frame don't the respond. narrative and so what republicans Probably. have done very successfully is that they make democrats seem weak on this issue and weak yeah, on national security and they keep seeing am issue. saying amnesty amnesty now democrats as i predicted and I, unfortunately i was right you know we were on 
I was on this great other podcast, In the Thick, co-hosted by Julio Ricardo Vrela and Maria Hinojosa. They thought, oh, 2020, Biden Democrats, they'll finally do immigration reform. And what I said was, nope, they'll punt it to 2024 because what they'll say to the rest of us is, hey, do you want the Inflation Reduction Act? Do you want Build Back Better? Well, choose, you know, 2010. Do you want health care? choose and meanwhile by making yourself vulnerable on this human rights issue uh republicans are able to get away with these increasingly cruel absurd and i agree with what jen said illegal i mean if you look at the news now what they're saying is that there was a lady hired by desantis who fraudulently induced these immigrants to get on the plane promising them work and expedited visas right Mm -hmm. so not only is it kidnapping and trafficking it's also fraud Yep. And the reason was there like a camera too? Wasn't there like a videographer going along for the ride? He must have hired somebody to do that too, right? So, so, so the thing, but the reason why they're able to get away with it, Mary, is because Democrats have taken this, I think, absurd and and harmful position that we have to court this mythical median voter who is terrified by these immigrants, and we're not strong enough to counter this narrative about the invasion, so we'll keep punting it. And as we've seen with abortion, is that once they actually stake, put the stake in the ground, once you actually articulate your values, once you fight the good fight, once you actually show passion, and once you then attack Republicans, what happens? That frames the discourse, especially when your party is in power. So this is an opening, an opportunity for Joe Biden and Democrats to finally, finally, finally stop being hijacked by bad faith Republicans on this particular issue. Do the right thing. Throw down. Say this has been a problem. This is what we're doing. We need to have, you know, security. But this is cruelty. This is illegality. And this is not the country that we want. And I want that type of robust dark Brandon to rise on this issue that has risen on abortion and defense of democracy. I think the more this is in the news and and the more that people see how cruel it is, and I agree with Charlotte, this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. If, if, you, if yeah. you don't buy that, you're not paying attention. And so this is an opening, and, and, and again, I, I hate saying this, because I know some people might be like, ah, oh, the brown guy is always talking about racism and white supremacy on the show. You know, him and Danielle, get over it. We live in a post-racial society. I voted for Obama once. I love the Beyonce. But go back and look at the coverage of, of Ukrainian immigrants. And, and the reason why so many of our colleagues kind of are so dispassionate about this wanton, wanton cruelty against uh, uh, Latin immigrants is because eh, they don't look like me. Eh, they're yeah, brown skin. Eh, uh, you know, they don't look like my grandfather or grandmother. And I think this is where the rest of us really need to put this in the forefront because if we don't do anything, wait till 2024, ladies and gentlemen. And this will be a common problem and the dehumanization will be so rampant. And, and finally, I'll say to really put the, a, a pin on this, I was at the Auschwitz, I visited Auschwitz a couple years ago. And we were talking about Donald Trump with a guard at the Auschwitz Museum. The the guard said, I come here and I volunteer because my grandfather uh, escaped and I feel like I owe him a duty and his, his generation a duty. We're talking about Donald Trump, the dehumanizing language specifically against Mexicans and immigrants. And this guy on his own in Poland said, looks at me very soberly and goes, it always begins with language. That's how it starts. And then language is the first and then, and so I say this not to terrify us, but 11 million people, human beings, children, if this is what they're doing to people now and they see them just as cargo, what's going to happen in 2024, which is why I believe there's an opening here for Joe Biden 
with the dark brand and imaging and also with the <laughs> with the with the type of passion that he if he really doubles down on this issue That's i think it will be a idea. plus Maybe and I help democrats in the long run really pass branding. immigration reform thank you for letting me yeah on that Listen, if, if people are watching the show and, and think that only Waj and Danielle uh, talk about racism, you need to pay more attention. And also, hey, white people out there, racism should be the most important issue you're talking about, too. So get on board. Yeah, I'm a blue-eyed guy whose family, whose family is largely from the Ukraine. I, I even just said the wrong thing, Ukraine, yeah. as you're saying, uh, uh, Waj. So I should just be paying attention to that and yet... Racism is part of everything in this yeah. country. And if you right. don't talk about it, you're missing the big picture. Exactly. Uh, because, you know, then it becomes... Anyway, you know. Uh, but If you've got the blue eyes, that means there's some Lithuanian or Latvian mixed in with the Ukrainian. That's kind of where yeah. my people are. Yeah. yeah, probably. There's some of that. There's some Romanian in there, and there's even some German in there. I guess we were right. some self-haters. We're all going to do a DNA test okay. after the show. <laughs> For the time being, um, just a cliff. I want to. I want to build on something that Wash said. Uh, yes, right now it's it's it, it's immigration, and it has been for a long time. I mean, let's face it. But by deferring conversations about voting rights, by deferring conversations about gay rights, by not holding the fucking vote on marriage equality now yes. instead of after the midterms. By not centering conversations about trans people, by allowing the Republicans time after time to uh, create the narrative and make the fight asymmetrical, uh, the Democrats have... I'm not going to question their intentions. I, I, I get it. Rights Act anymore. Trans people are more in more danger than they've ever been at any time in our history. Look what just happened at, at uh, Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, they are coming after marriage equality. And oh, oh my goodness gracious. Hi, sweet pie. You're adorable. Hi. Hi. Hello. I used to have ones your size. They're big. Which one is that, Watch? That's the That's pandemic funny. baby, Khadija. Hello Kitty, will you ask? Because I love Hello Kitty. Oh yeah, she loved. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just for sake of cuteness, you can see my three-year-old daughter during the since she's the pandemic baby refused to wear clothes. You are wears pajamas everywhere she goes. So don't judge me, but you know we just let her roll with it. I do any adults wear clothes anymore? Don't we all wear pajamas? Hi kid. Unfeeling. She's quite gone. Um, but that, I mean, that Jeffrey was actually, Tubin had that problem. Okay, I'm stopping. Uh, these, these are human beings. You should never have started that. But I, anyway. I shouldn't have gone there. I'm sorry. Um, wrong with you? I, I think these we needed beings. a little cuteness overload because, you know, times are grim. Um, but yes. the point being, Cliff, that um, it's it's a terrible strategy. And you kidnapped them. Legally, what, you kidnapped as, them. As Watch suggests, the Democrats need to do is and counter... The cruelty with humanity and just help people understand this isn't about immigration. It's about Nexine, your fellow Nexine human beings who have a, as many rights as you do. 
to not just be on the planet, but but thrive and and be given assistance. And you could, they need to do that with every single class of people that is being attacked, that's under assault from the right, that's being dehumanized by the right, because. As that guy at Auschwitz said correctly, it starts with language, and it only devolves from there. Yeah, I mean, let's just start with the point that you made, which is, throw politics aside, you always stand up for human rights, I don't care. You stand in, you know, you you stand in that breach, you stand that you protect people who need protecting, and if we can't do that, then we're not a democratic society, we're not deserving of our system anyhow. Let's start with that, and we, we failed that test in many places for most of our history, which is shameful um but politically you know to to, to you know jump off of Wash's point you know because the two issues you know that i worked the most on for years right i did a ton of work on the issue of gun safety and i did a ton of work on the issue of abortion rights and the democratic side to hide in a corner to not talk about it to sort of say well let's find a moderate position like we're okay you know you know we'll, okay well, well we'll have the hyde amendment you get to have a con- Clause. Do I get to have a conscience clause about my money going to the Iraq war? I do not. You, however, whoever you are, get to have that about abortion. Like the, Those positions make you weak. All right? They don't attract anybody. They don't inspire anybody. And as it took, it took the Hobbes decision, sadly, for Democrats to realize we're 70% on the right side of this issue. And also, just, that yeah. by, by making those kinds of compromises, you end up hurting the people who most need protection, of course. the people you allegedly are, are are wanting to represent. And and that, yes. I think, also makes it even more. Mad. No, human rights is first and foremost. But then the fact that like they wouldn't, you know, and I've been in these rooms where I try to make these arguments and you know, politically background checks getting 90 percent of the support. Like, well, people don't vote on it. I'm like, well, they don't vote on it because you don't make the argument. You don't tell them that when you don't do a background check, that criminal, that person who's dangerously mentally ill, that person, you know, whoever it may be, can just walk in and get whatever weapon they want. And if we don't make the argument, yeah, it's going to seem very abstract to them and it's not going to seem dangerous to them and they're not going to understand the stakes. And we did the same thing with abortion. We let them get away with this partial birth crap, with this, whoa, late-term abortion, babies at the last minute. There's a thousand, we're a country of 300 plus million people. There are a thousand abortions every year after the 21st week. A thousand only. And why? In a country. And why does that happen? Because women are just like, hey, I think I'm going to have an abortion today. Clearly that a thousand, that minuscule number are people in such horrific situations in terms of their health, their life, the fact that that this 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 story that just went public, this baby wasn't going to have a skull and this woman had to spend $14,000 to fly from Louisiana to New York. I, you know, did a story here that we ended up making national about six, seven years ago uh, on a woman here who knew that she was going to have a stillborn child at 23 weeks. Ohio would not let her have an abortion. She had to go to uh, Chicago and spend $3,000. She couldn't afford to do that. Like, that's what's happening after 21 weeks. It's not like, hey, party time, let's all have abortions. And when we let them define it that way and hide in the corner, and a lot of people think partial birth abortion is a real thing. Well, that's exactly right. It's another real thing. It's another language thing, and and the the legislatures should not be defining medical terms. And you know, it's just another instance in which 
we've lost control of the argument. Um, Cub reporter Brian Karam has has joined us. Can I just say one last thing, though, uh, just on this? I promised to be very quickly before Cub reporter Cub, Brian Karam yep, comes. They just had the exit polling come out from Kansas, okay, mm -hmm. on, that, on that referendum on abortion rights. Mm -hmm. it had, we had the highest youth turnout in the history of Kansas oh, for this primary election. Mm -hmm. And the share of the vote that was the women's vote went up by eight points, okay? This is very simple stuff to understand. Now, Cub reporter Brian Carroll. With the shades. Of course. Of course. But no. Well, another thing in the soup. What uh, what's what is going on, Cub I can't reporter? Cub reporter Brian Carroll. In regards to what we're talking about today, I think the biggest thing I can add from here is that there's nothing to add from here. It's uh, shocking to me that uh, on a day that. Uh, we're talking about what we're talking about, that the uh, Biden administration is once again, it's a small group of people that are responsible for the communications from uh, th this president and addressing these issues are important for the American people. I think that we've seen. And today we're not talking about those issues. And Brian, I just want to. I just want to clarify something. Uh, if we're talking about the uh, decision by Judge Cannon, is it possibly uh, a, a reluctance to weigh in um, on something that has to do with the DOJ? Not that I'm not using that as an excuse, but do you think that's the rationale behind their staying no. quiet? I think that's always the rationale, but it's what the what the question is is not reacting to this, but how is the Democratic Party and the president is the head of that party? How will he react in the fall? The biggest answer I can give to that is the question that I asked him on the uh, South Lawn a couple of days ago. He remains confident that the Democrats are going to retain the House and the Senate and thus push through legislation that will make things like what happened today less likely to occur, but it's not a message that this administration delivers very well. Um, it, or at all. In fact, if the or at all, yeah, to your point, yeah, or at all, and to, to your point, if the, the president is far more effective at uh, communicating his intent and his desires and his staff, and the staff needs to get out of his way, and he needs to be involved in uh, press briefings, and he needs to have a press, he's had more press conferences outside of the United States than he's had inside the United States. And they just seem to think that the issues that bother the American people the most are issues that they don't want him to speak about. And that's frustrating, not only as a reporter, but as, a, you know, as a voter. And, and of course, things behind me are also frustrating, but that's part of life here in the soup. Yeah, it actually is a little hard to hear you. Um, okay, so, Jim, we haven't really talked in depth yet about the... The, the legal quagmire quagmire of um, Cannon's decision, which for those of you who don't understand what it means for her to have rejected the DOJ's request that the bye bye, that that those hundred highly classified and sensitive documents be carved out essentially of the proceedings. Um, and uh, giving it over to a special master, which 
just in technical terms means she's a fucking coward and doesn't want to have to do the dirty work. So she's she's delegating it to uh, this guy, uh, Judge Deary, um, from New York. Uh, she's also opened the door for letting anybody on Donald's team see <laughs> these highly classified and sensitive documents. So, which theoretically could be Giuliani or oh any of his other numerous hack lawyers who don't have security clearances. And Jen, I think one of the most worry, I'm, the decision is just beyond comprehension, execrable. But what makes it worse is that we don't have confidence that if the DOJ appeals, the 11th district court uh, judges will, will make the right decision either. So it's funny. I mean, I was wondering, Mary, when you mentioned that um, Donald's lawyers might be able to look at this, I was wondering why he had recently brought on two new lawyers to his team, MBS and Vladimir Putin. I, I just... <laughs> um, Zing. Zing. Well played, Jen. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I sure. But he did actually bring on a new lawyer who's getting paid $3 million. So that Thank should you. tell us. Um, that's information. I don't know what it means, but it's that. Um, oh, yeah, so let's, it's let's the, not, I, I think, Jen, I think you're onto something, but don't give him any ideas. Does it have to be another stop the steal fundraiser again soon if he's paying $3 Look, million? Bucks? I, I, I want to. Adalia is not with us physically, but she's with us in spirit. And she yes. wrote a piece um, for Slate. Um, I think she co authored it with Mark's. What's his middle name? Stern. At any rate, let me just kind of tell you what her thesis is. Or actually, let me let me. It's, uh, it's Mark Joseph Stern, by the way. Mark Joseph Stern. And you know, she wrote this last week, and I'm going to just paraphrase it in my own way, which is: it doesn't matter how many times you know Neil Cato or Larry Tribe or you, Mary Trump or. Barb or anyone else out there says what a fucking idiot or craven or corrupt or illogical or baseless this um, piece is or that anything this um, judge does, it's not going to change anything. And the, the more, the, one of the problems that we have as progressive thinkers generally and members, you know, of the Democratic Party is we keep thinking if we just keep talking rationally and tell people why they're wrong on the law, they're going to go, oh, holy shit, you're right. But no, they're not that dumb. They don't want to be right on the law. You know, she did not do, she, she is doing what she's doing either because she genuinely doesn't trust the FBI or because she got the job from Donald and she's waiting yeah. for her day when she could become maybe a Supreme Court justice yeah. or even better, you know, a Fox News or now CNN anchor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever's going on, she's not going to change. And, it, and I'm glad, though, it's really good that we talk about and read the decision and see what's troubling in it. Mm -hmm. um, that's only matters with the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. And that only matters if they care about following arguments or not. I'm going to assume that this is, I'm going to assume that we are where we are. The 11th Circuit's going to affirm her. Let's just assume the Supreme Court is going to do what it's going to do. The only hope we have is that this um, special master, 
Deary um, acts quickly on the 100 documents that he says these are stamped with the markings that were that the, the subpoena called for. There's no possessory interest here. And I think these should go immediately to DOJ or the DOJ should be released from its shackles and be able to use these for full on criminal investigation. And then I'm hoping when Donald appeals, that process isn't so slow. But the reality is Garland was not going to indict anybody in connection with this before the midterms. And the lesson we should draw from this is not look how dumb this judge is and look at these arguments. The lesson we should draw is Donald fucking Trump put in a lot of bad um, corrupt, unqualified, and partisan judges into the federal judiciary, and we need more judges because these are positions for life, and if they're not going to be impeached, which they probably won't, they at least need to be diluted. And that's that's that. That's kind of my view of the world. Yeah, I, that's exactly where this should go. And Charlotte, that's why the Democrats need to get better at having that conversation and put it in human terms. Jen's right. Nobody gives a shit that my head keeps exploding or we keep talking about how bad the law, the decision on the law is because, you know, whatever. And that's, that's not going to change anything. But if we help people understand how dangerous this is, that, that one, one of the problems here is that we know that um, some of the documents had to do with a foreign nation's nuclear capabilities. We don't know if it's ally or enemy. But in in those documents are almost certainly uh, is almost certainly information about human sources. So we have around the planet now people who are terrified that they they're going to get outed. We have people who will not be doing their jobs will not be providing us with information that may be vital to our security interests because they might be uncovered as spies. So the human toll is absolutely necessary to help people understand because it isn't just about, you know, she just read the statute wrong. Yeah, that's right. And I, I would encourage folks to fill in the blanks. This is one of the few times when Democrats should really feel comfortable just letting their imaginations run wild <laughs> on something like this. I mean, because this really is very fucking serious. Uh, we don't know exactly what intelligence was stolen. We have no idea. It could have been nuclear secrets. It could have been uh, the placement of names of uh, intelligence assets, including uh, uh intelligence agents in foreign countries. We don't know what Trump stole or if he sold it or if he traded it for favors. We, we don't know exactly what happened here. Uh, and so I would encourage folks to really lean into that, uh, you know, every hypothetical that's possible from this because we shouldn't even be having this conversation. These documents should not have left their uh, places of security. They should never have been out of custody uh, and he should never have lied about having them and his lawyer should never have lied about having them. So let's really put the screws to this person and let the American people know what's at stake here, which is nothing less than the safety of this country. Yeah, I just want to say something really quickly. Racists aren't welcome here. Get the fuck out. This is our house. You're not allowed to be here. Go away and fuck off. Thank you. Watch God. Uh, You know, 
the what, what Charlotte said is on point because what, what's going to happen, <laughs> it, and, and this is a strategy, and I feel like Democrats, if they if they lose sight of this, they're going to get caught. Is Judge Cannon is part and parcel of the right wing ecosystem, uh, an extremist in a black robe appointed by Donald Trump, who did her bidding. Okay, we know how the Supreme Court is going to behave because they are behaving exactly the way that they that they said that they will behave. Like take them literally and seriously. The strategy yeah. here is to muddy the waters, to pollute the narrative, which is crystal clear that Charlotte just said, and we'll repeat in a second, that, oh, it's the deep state conspiracy and some of these documents he could have taken and should he have taken that, all that is nonsense. What you gotta just cut through the bullshit and say that Donald Trump took highly classified information and national security secrets and exposed uh, our, our national security, our law enforcement and our allies. No one is above the law. You gotta keep saying that, no one is above the law. Donald's not above the law. No one is above the law. We will hold them accountable again and again and again and again. Because the strategy here from the Republican point of view is delay this till November, delay this till after the midterms. We might take over the House. If we take over the House, immediately we're going to do a blitzkrieg of bullshit trials and investigations on Hunter Biden's laptop. The media, as we know, it's like the a dog from up. They're going to chase the squirrel like Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, laptop, laptop. And all of a sudden, this mass I mean, this is a massive story. The president, the ex-former president of the United States, took hundreds of classified documents to his home, unsecured. We know one of them, as you said, has the nuclear secrets of a foreign country. We know that Rick Perry, yes, that Rick Perry, old school reference, authorized the secret sale of nuclear information to foreign countries, right? We don't know what this country is. I have some ideas. I won't mention it here, just but I might, you know, I have some ideas. And the fact that Donald Trump was repeatedly reminded Mary to return the documents and he didn't and he lied about it and his counsel lied about it so it's so damning and it's so infuriating me just repeating the facts to you that any other person would be in jail right now any other person and so what democrats have to do is like i want democratic leadership while this is happening with the special master to be on television and remind the rest of us every single day donald trump took highly classified information no one is above the law he exposed national security. He's a security threat. Republicans are a security threat. No one's above the law. And what we've seen, and this is why it'll help them in the midterms, according to a poll that came out last month, we mentioned it on your show, I have to mention it again, the number one issue, a kitchen table issue, even above abortion, which is now number two, is the threat to democracy. And so I just wanted to double down on that is because I, I see what the Republicans are doing, and I hope again and again and again we are not Charlie Brown to their Lucy and we finally learn. And if you don't tell your story, your story is being told to you by others. And yeah. if Democrats aren't telling this story, the story is going to be the deep state is after Trump. Yeah. They, muddied, they muddied the waters. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a mixture of like just weird, different both sides equivalents. Republicans might get the House. Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> They'll bring back Benghazi for crisis. So, yeah, you know. know. Real, Solyndra, let's go real old school. Yeah, I, you know, we're coming up to the end, but I just uh, want to give everybody a couple because, of uh, um, minutes to, um, you know, talk about whatever you think um, needs to happen uh, in the, con the so for example, I think that what Waj is saying is so important because Failing to act leaves room to um, convince people that um, 
what Donald did was fine, that he had, and that's what this judge is doing. Uh, he had every right to these documents is the implication of her actions. Um, or it gives him room to stoke yeah. more division, incite more violence, etc. So Cliff, what are your thoughts about uh, and get his <laughs> another fabulous week in America. Yay, America! We're awesome. Um, my thoughts are that you know, people who pay attention to politics constantly don't understand how most people see all of this. Right. And I, I feel like all of us know some of these folks. I do, so you know, I, I assume the rest of you do. And you know, they were once Republicans and they're kind of still Republican. And you know, in twenty sixteen they were looking for you know, they maybe they were flirting with voting for Hillary. Mary Trump's podcast. If we get people registered to vote, and if we convince folks that the Republican Party is trying to control their private lives and dictate what they do in the bedroom, we are going to win this election. Abortion, abortion, abortion. That's where we got to focus our energy. And I, I would just add that because I think it's it it's intimately related to that. Um, what it means when that domino falls, because we now, in addition to Clarence Thomas's openly saying that they're going to go after privacy, all privacy rights, we have Brian Kemp on tape, Jen, saying, yeah, you know, contraception's on the table because my because white evangelical fundamentalist Christian overlords may may want uh, contraception also to go the way of abortion. Uh, and Jen, I, I also think though, and, and again, you, you pick up wherever you want, um, but I always I, do. Yes, you do. Um, I do think that Everything should, abortion should be the issue, absolutely. It can't hurt, however, <laughs> to uh, hammer on the rule of law as well, because failing to do that kind of demoralizes a lot of people. We keep seeing, you know, let's face it, Donald Trump is above the law. He has been for his entire adult life. So I think... Um, at least if we can't make it happen, we can at least let people know that it's important to us. I'm not, you know, the Democrats can say it is important that these people be held accountable and, you know, make that an issue. Just to, to the same thing with Biden's speech. Just be fighting for us. Just be fighting yeah, for me, us. Let me, let me say I agree with you and you just said that the with Charlotte. Look, the, 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 there's... The, the, what's getting us to go out to the polls didn't play is freedom. Specifically, these you know zealots, these religious zealots who are now running the highest court in the land, not following the law, overturning the law, taking away our rights. And there is nothing more important than your own physical body and what you do with it and how you choose to or not choose to have a family and have relationships with people. This is a humanity thing. Abortion is the lead here because it is a canary in the coal mine. This is a central privacy right. It's centered in our whole humanity, period. They can't fucking do this. Now, don't worry. Democrats haven't forgotten about January um, 6th. The hearings start up. You don't need to say, going out there and say, saying, this is terrible. We're really worried that he's going to get away with it. 
that just—that's not this—that's not as good as what's going to unfold in September and October. They're going to continue their work. They're going to continue their work. They're going to carry that message. So, you know, people being angry about that will help get them to the polls as well. Because this whole—the whole world they're showing us is a world where only some lives matter. And everybody else is dehumanized, and you know, and the trans rights piece fits into all of this, which fits into the abortion part. You know, are we going to be a society about human flourishing and let, helping everybody reach their potential and build healthy relationships around who we are and what we love and who we love, or are some people with power going to instrumentalize the rest of us for their own? and Republicans are trying to crush us. And I just, I think we need to... Big picture, but I'm not worried about January 5th falling out of people's minds at all. Or the 6th, for that matter. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) You know, it started on the 5th. It it started in 1948, actually. But, you know, I think it's important. I want to add on this. Um, Democrats want to make people's lives better. Even Republicans, we want you to have a living wage, and we want you to have health care, and we want you, your children to be educated well, yeah, we and on and on and on. The reason except for when you're being we don't, I, I think we ignore uh, the Republican base. For, I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but in this particular context is because they don't care. They don't care if things are bad for them as long as the right people are suffering. So I forget them. Let's focus on people who care about human rights and who don't want cruelty to be the coin of the realm, basically. So I so appreciate everybody for showing up for yet another emergency episode of the Mary Trump show uh, with the nerd Avengers because holy shit, there are a lot of emergencies happening these days. Uh, and don't forget, we will be doing um, a live stream of the January 6th hearing, which I believe is on September 28th. We don't know what time yet. Really looking forward to that kicking up again. So Brian Karam, Lee, Cliff Schechter, Charlotte Clymer, Jen Taub, thank you so much for being here, my friends, and I will hopefully see you all next Tuesday. Bye. 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 Thank you for having us. Anytime. You rock, girl. Oh, the babies are out. Thank you again uh, for being here. That that actually made me feel better. Um, not that that's the point, but uh, it's you know been another really bad couple of news days. So it's always good to hash things out with Nerd Avengers. And uh, thank you for um, being on things in the comments and and uh, helping alert alert us to the trolls who really should not be here um so glad we got that sorted uh we will be back on tuesday at 12 p.m eastern 9 a.m pacific at youtube.com slash politicon uh so um 
I'm sorry, I'm just checking the date. Okay, so next week is not the January 6th hearing. So next Tuesday, um, we will... Uh, sorry, next Thursday, we'll have our, our interview show at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And as my guest is the absolutely phenomenal uh, Dahlia Lithwick, my friend, fellow Nerd Avenger, who is publishing her new book, Lady Justice, on Tuesday of next week. So I'm so excited to talk to Dahlia about her book and about everything that's going on um, in this uh, crazy country. Oh, uh, that is also at youtube.com Politicon. And while you're on Politicon's YouTube page, please subscribe to the Politicon channel. It doesn't cost anything. It's just a way to pump up our numbers, which helps more people see the videos. And uh, you can like the episode while you're there. Comment, Leave a, another comment if you'd like. Uh, and be sure to click on this bell. Um, because that way you will be sure to be uh, notified anytime a new episode drops or anytime a new short video drops. Try to do more of those. Uh, and obviously anytime there's a, an emergency session, which a strange feeling will be happening more and more frequently. Again, just as another reminder, uh, September 28th, I believe it's a Wednesday, uh, we will be live streaming and commenting uh, commentating the uh, January 6th hearing. I'm hoping they're going to be in prime time just because we'll get more, more people will be watching that way and that these are so important. And of course, you can uh, catch all of the episodes uh, in podcast form on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give us a five-star review because it really, really does help other people find the show, which is what we want to have happen. So thank you again. I will see you Tuesday. Have an amazing weekend. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind. Bye. Welcome to this episode of the Mary Trump Show. I am really happy to have as my guest tonight, David Korn, journalist, commentator, uh, Washington bureau chief for Mother Jones, uh, author of multiple New York Times bestsellers. I'm almost certain his latest book will be on that list as well, American Psychosis, a historical investigation of how the Republican Party went crazy. David Korn, it is so good to have you. How is it going, Publication Week? Congratulations. Well, you know what it's like. There's a lot of anxiety at the beginning of the week because you just don't know how a book is going to be received. Except you knew how your first book was going to be received. Uh, but most of us don't. Um, and particularly with this book, this was a, uh, a historical exercise. I look at the last 70 years of the Republican Party's relationship with far-right fanaticism and how the GOP again and again encouraged and exploited extremism. And so, I mean, I, I was trying to answer your, your 
was interested in how we got to the point where today, believing that Donald Trump was no aberration, but more a culmination or continuation. Um, And so I really spent the last year in history land, reading history books, going looking at presidential archives, magazine articles and newspaper articles from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and felt, you know, part of my life felt detached from what goes on day in, day out on Twitter, Facebook, and work I do with Mother Jones, breaking stories, editing stories on a, on a daily, weekly basis. And so I was in this alternative universe, and I didn't really, I think, realize I know I didn't realize uh, how timely and relevant this book would be when it landed. You know, with the whole conversation about what MAGA extremism means and what it means to the Republican Party, what is the Republican Party now, the debate over whether or not this is a form of fascism, whether Donald Trump is leading the country towards fascism. Uh, The book really gives you all the historical context you need to participate in that debate and have a foundational understanding that allows you to look at today with something more than what happened in the last five seconds. Uh, and so I'm kind of, you know, now we're a few days into the book's release, but prior to that, I didn't know if it would be received that way and if it would, you know, because it's not, it doesn't have breaking news about Donald Trump's latest stupid thing he said, like, I want to buy the moon, right? Um, it's, you know, it's how we got here. And you just don't know if that's going to find an audience. But I think because of the, this discussion we're having, and I, you know, the reaction from reviewers, oh from you know, hosts on MSNBC, Welcome. Welcome from readers, people who've gotten the book quickly on social media, it's been really reaffirming you know um, the, the first that initial anxiety kind of passed in, in, after a day or two of seeing how the book was being received and even and kind of particularly what's been interesting to me is how the recovering republicans as i call them are looking at the book and i'm talking about joe scarborough and, and charlie sykes Rick Wilson, and they've all, I've talked to them, I've been on shows with all of them, I was on Morning Joe, and they've all been very, very respectful. It's made them rethink, I think, some of their past love for the Republican Party. Uh, really? To me, this is one of the most interesting things. I was on with Joe, and there's a story in the book about a moment when Dwight David Eisenhower, when he was campaigning for president, almost disavowed Joe McCarthy and what was essentially the QAnon of his day. And he wanted to do it. He thought Joe McCarthy was a liar and a scoundrel and was divisive and ruining American politics and also attacking people who were very close to um, uh, Eisenhower, right? And he wanted to do it. And then he was convinced, he he asked Steve Trotter to put put a a paragraph in the speech, which would be a denunciation of of Joe McCarthy and his red baiting. And then at the last moment, he took it out when other Republicans said to him, you can't do this. It will split the party, will make it harder to win the state of Wisconsin where McCarthy is from, harder to win Catholic voters who were particularly supportive of Joe McCarthy. And this brave commander who won World War II 
That's right. When you beat the Nazis with the daring invasion of Germany, which you know was not guaranteed to succeed, right? We know, we know. Now we look at go, oh yeah, we won. But at the time, no one knew that would happen. It could have been, yep. a, you know, a t- tremendous failure. Um, he said, okay, take it out, and he didn't do that, and he kind of affirmed McCarthyism either, even when he was running for president. And so Joe, you know, going back to Joe Scarborough, Joe on the air talking about this, you know, chapter in my book says it was incredibly disappointing to him because he worships Ike. Ike is his hero. And to see that he didn't have the courage to do this. Um, so in some ways, I mean, I didn't write the book as a wake-up call for Republicans, uh, but I think some of them are looking at this um, and accepting what for them would be revisionism that the Republican Party, well, everyone knew they were kooks. The role of the kooks, I, I put front and center here, and being much more of a defining element of the Republican Party that a lot of Republicans have wanted to believe. Yeah, and and David, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh part uh, that scene with um, Eisenhower because there are moments like that strung throughout the book and history and these close calls where people could have made the right decision and time after time refused to and I think it's it's by by shining a light on those personal moments I mean Marshall wasn't just a great general. He was also somebody Ike respected and considered a friend, right? And yeah, we're talking about George C. Marshall. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, George, who was, who was uh, another general in World War II, but he became Secretary of State, helped save Europe with the Marshall Plan, and then was Secretary of Defense under Truman. And he was the target of McCarthy's attack. McCarthy accused this war hero of being part of a subversive secret plot working with moscow you know a conspiracy so immense that was mccarthy's words to describe this cabal that marshall was apparently leading to destroy america from inside and i and and that was something you know he was a buddy of eisenhower's they were very close and eisenhower would still not stand up to mccarthy at this point and i think the reason that matters in in the context of your uh, talking about with uh, people like Scarborough and Rick Wilson is one that why don't people know their history better? Um, there's that, but in order for us to move beyond the uh, insanity you write about to the extent that's possible recovering Republicans need to face these things squarely and admit that either they were wrong or they were mistaken or they were deceived somehow and refuse to um, participate in this kind of bargain that's always been made in the past on the right. Do you think that's possible? Well, what you're talking about is a reckoning. I mean, history yes. always demands reckonings, right? We we, yep. we see that with many aspects of American history. Slavery, slavery is the obvious one. You can see what happened with Germany and the German, you know, and all the Europeans uh, countries with colonialism. It came up with the death of the Queen. You know, history demands reckonings, and so you know, this is a moment somewhat for a Republican reckoning. Um, for those who haven't joined the cult, 
right? Because everything that Trump is doing was done previously. Yeah. By, by, by the Republican Party. You, know, you can go back to um, John Boehner embracing the Tea Party. John Boehner, the most country club Republican that ever existed. I and mean, literally, he mm-hmm. wanted to legislate and then get to the country club. Right. You know, and he wanted to cut deals, big bargains on legislation. And, you know, he was, you know, from a conservative perspective, yes. But he embraced the Tea Party when the essence of the Tea Party literally was that Barack Obama, first black president, was a secret socialist Muslim, but a secret <laughs> plan to destroy the American economy so he could then impose totalitarian dictatorship and, hey, essen- and essentially be emperor. I mean, girl. this was said at Tea Party hey, rallies throughout the country, and it was said on Glenn hey, Beck's Fox show by Glenn Beck, a Tea Party leader ex officio, almost every night. Right. And John Boehner and Sarah Palin went, and other Republicans went on his show. They validated him. They authenticated him. And they were all screaming about concentration camps being set up by Obama. I don't think we've have seen, you know, they ever got around to making them with the with the um, stimulus money and death panels and everything else. Mm-hmm. And Boehner was saying, this is fine. He was, he was hosting Tea Party rallies on Capitol, where people held anti-Semitic and racist signs, where they spat spat upon uh, black members of Congress when they walked by uh, at one of these rallies, where they were shouting Nazis, Nazis, Nazis about Democrats. These were at rallies that Boehner and other House Republicans uh, appeared at and uh, and actually legitimated by by being part of the invitation. And so, so Boehner wanted all this energy, these votes, this money coming in to, so he could become speaker. And he embraced this stuff. I mean, you know, there's obviously a direct line from the Tea Party craziness and racism and bigotry and hated, hatred and tribalism to, to Trump taking advantage of, of this. But, you know, you can keep going back from the Tea Party to Sarah Palin, uh, Sarah Palin to the religious right and to Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich. Uh, you know, it goes back and back back and back you know there is this 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 thread that unites all these errors and republicans thought they could you know for decades they could do this on the side they can keep it to this you know side and get the benefit without being branded and it's you know it's a little bit of the frankenstein uh, monster story um they both encouraged and exploited uh, this paranoia and, and hatred um, but they did it with the virtues in the early mm-hmm. 60s and the McCarthyism in the 50s. Yeah, and I want to get to um, where that leads us. But before we do that, I just I just want, one, I want people to know that this, I think this is an essential read. It's a, it's a really important book. And despite the fact that especially I think for those of us who subscribe to reality, it's an incredibly frustrating and at times demoralizing exploration of our history, but it is so beautifully written that I'm seriously, it's it, the subject matter is difficult, but it's a compelling read and it, like I, I read it very quickly, and 
it was so easy to take in, despite the fact that a lot of the information is deeply unpleasant and troubling. Um, and I, I wanted to focus on two things you do because it uh, it kind of surprised me <laughs> that despite, you know, I lived through a lot of this history and yet it, in experiencing it, it never seemed like this unbroken line of, of racism and co-opting Nazis and all that other stuff on the right. It seemed like there were periods of time when it the craziness on the right kind of went away and then it was increased. But it it's never gone away. It's always been there. It's always been leading us to this moment. And concurrently with that, we have this almost uh, the crazies. The crazies in the media to normalize things. And maybe that's why it's become so difficult to see what's really going on because if you, you know before I read this book, I would have said, "Oh yeah, things things were definitely worse." under Donald. And it's not true. The only thing that's different is that he's so open about it. Exactly. It's interesting to hear for me to hear you talk about your reaction because you know, like you and I'm sorry that you know we're, we're this old, I lived through a lot of this too. And you know, I became as I was doing the, this book, you know, I started working in Washington in, in 87, but I started as a journalist in the early 80s. And you know, there came a point in time where I was re reading and researching matters that I, some of them I covered at the time, or I at least read about at the time. And I was familiar with and some things I had absolutely forgotten. Sometimes I had forgotten that I had written about some of this stuff. And I would come across the things that I had written much earlier. Um, but you're right in that I did not realize how steady this uh, and consistent this line is from point A to B to C. I mean, it zigzags, as I wrote it right in the book, it zigzags a bit. And there, you know, it waxes and it wanes, you know, but it's all, but it's, but it's always there. And it is a lesson that often, you don't, you know, it's, it's hard to see the forest when you're within the trees. Right. right? And, you know, you, you know, as you walk through it, you see each tree and, but you don't get the full picture. And the way I think we, you know, we live our lives individually and collectively is that it's episodic. And it's hard to sort of see sometimes the themes that are moving us along, the currents, if you want to use the river as a metaphor. Uh, but when you, and, and to me, that was part of the value of this, the exercise of writing this book. Is, and, and it became so obvious. I mean, that was the thing to me. It was yeah. like, oh, look, I found a hidden treasure. No, this is hiding in plain sight. It's on the front pages. It's in all these other books. But no one's ever presented it this way. It wasn't as if I had to find classified records and then steal them to my you know, summer home or winter home and, um, and, and look at them. Good. You know, it was, it was, it, and, I was, and, and I started the project because I was interested in the subject of, you know, and I, and I wondered if anybody had done a book of this nature. And there are people like Rick Perlson who, who've done tremendous political histories of this country, yep. um, a series of books and others that 
overlaps and, and gets at some of this, but no one took this as a organizing principle. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a book that did that, so I said, well, I should, I should write this book. Um, but you know, your other point is, yes, we do tend to normalize things, you know, and we, you know, we even go back and we normalize George W. Bush, who left the presidency, I think, his approval rating was like 21, 22%. <laughs> yep. Because of the you know, complete disaster with the Iraq War, which, you know, a gigantic majority of Americans had reached that conclusion that it was a tragedy, it should not have happened, and that it was needless, and hundreds of thousands of Iraqis had died, and several thousand Americans for no good reason. And so, but now we see him palling around with Michelle Obama, you know, normalized, right? And, you know, you can look at, you know, and I understand the affection and affinity on the right for Ronald Reagan. I didn't, I don't feel it. I didn't feel it at the time, but I, I understand why that it's there and I get it. I recognize it. But, you know, when I'm writing this book, I see that he, you know, he, when he ran for president in 79 and 80, one of the key things that got him elected was his embrace of the new right and the religious right, the moral majority. And at the time, Jerry Fowler, leading the moral majority, was basically saying publicly that gay America, gay people wanted to kill other Americans. And that was, no, they, they, these people, you know, if they could kill you by looking at you, they would. And there were members of the moral majority, officials, leaders in the leadership ranks, who were out there saying that homosexuality could be punished with death. According, you know, the people that the gays and lesbians should, could be executed. And, you know, that's Christian fundamentalism. People can take or leave it. Whatever, <laughs> but, but to have a president embracing these people and praising Jerry Falwell as a spiritual leader of America, while his organization is literally promoting violence against other Americans, um, that's something that we don't think about when we think about Ronald Reagan. We just don't, you know, it's a just put to the side. And he won in 1980 uh, because the evangelical vote had shifted from being a Uh, the energy
have extremism in American politics. You know, he, you know, he very, very <laughs> gentle pokes at Ronald Reagan for being associated with some of these extremists. And the press, the political media, killed Jimmy Carter over this. They said, you're being mean. I mean, literally, that's the word yep. that you... you yep. uh, are you running a mean campaign? Are you accusing Ronald Reagan of being a racist? On how I framed this earlier, I, I talked about the media's need to normalize or the, the media's uh, always seeming to... Charged Trump and 147 plus insurrectionists, comma, so we can remove them from office under the 14th Amendment, exclamation point. Because it's both sides, da 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 da. Democrats have been doing stuff as well. Well, the, the response to that is not really. Yep. While there are and have always been on both the left, the far left, ideas, conspiracy theories, inaccurate ideas, um, huh. you can't find an senior. Democrats, leading Democrats, presidential candidates, senators, presidents, making common cause with far left.
down largely because of that. Um, but on the Republican side, you see time and time again, Republicans embracing, you know, bigots, people promoting. are equally good both sides are equally bad and we don't you know tilt the scales one way or the other but if one side is doing something sums it up you don't have you know a house speaker on the on the democratic side like newt gingrich who promoting vince foster conspiracy theories there is no there is nobody the House Republican caucus. You just can't find this of the Democrats and left. Nancy Pelosi has never embraced, you know, a, a completely wacko, unproven That's very easy. Well, you're just doing this because you're a liberal and you're progressive. You like Democrats. And they, it's very easy to say that's why you're doing this. You know, it's, you know what about is it? How come you're not doing this with Democrats? equate them because we don't define them we just say the base and yet it's, it's important to define them because they are not equivalent the democratic base is essentially uh women of color um you know uh college educated it's more urban the republican base is a bunch of neo-nazi misogynist anti-semites so it's it, a racist anti-semites so we get um, painted in the 
the co-op language so that when we respond, it just seems like name calling. You know, they say we're yeah. fascist. You know, I, I, you know, a couple of times in the last six months, I've written pieces about, you know, fascism and the use of the word fascism, because I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a screamer. And I know if you use that word. doesn't respect democracy, wants to overturn an election, encourages violence, and now says he will pardon the people who beat the crap out of cops in order to stop the peaceful transfer of power. And it's not just, it's not just that Trump says this, he is still supported by the entirety of the Republican Party. They all say that if he runs, they will support him. So he remains the leader of the Republican Party. And so you look at that, those set of facts these are actual circumstances and you say how is that not somewhat um right and you know and that so it becomes hard to talk about and i but i do think you know part of the problem is if you go back to the history i i i, I recount in the book you see that again and again and again, oh, Republicans have got, gotten away with it. Now, when Sarah Palin, you know, was accusing Barack Obama of being a terrorist, and people were screaming, you know, communist, communist, and kill him at her rallies, well, they lost. McCain and Palin lost. It didn't, uh -huh. that, you know, that didn't work. It doesn't always work. But at the same time, she was not drummed out. Hi, Trumpy. Looking for a lady to rape, huh? Puffy lady. You like that girl, huh? Mainstream networks. Um, she ran again recently and, and lost. But, she, you know, Palinism continued onward. And there was never, like, a sort of a full accounting in the media of all this. And, and it led very quickly. She ran in 2008. The Tea Party came up in 2009, and the media again is not you know, is not out there saying, "Oh, this is a continuation," and these people are complete <clears throat> and extremists. And it's not just you know, here's the right and here's the left. Um, and so we keep you know, re, you know, kind of replaying this stuff over and over again. And, and I and I think the media is very. Uh, slow to understand the extremism of, of Donald Trump uh, because they were taken They're with part of it. Of his candidacy. But when he's out there, just like the, the shadow on the wall. I picked some highlights in this book, but when he's out there campaigning in the fall of 2015 and someone at a rally shouts,
on and Trump I, sides I think to I the post office. Right 300,000 cats of felony mail theft. Um, so, you know, I think the, the lesson here is that we often don't see, as I noted earlier, these, these currents that are driving us. And you know, he, didn't create he didn't create this current. Republicans before him conditioned the base, you know, and, and exploited the base and saw what was happening in the base transactionally to want to want this stuff and want more of this stuff. Right. And so he came along and said, I'm, you know, I'm going to intensify what's been happening. And, and, you know, I guess at the time it was an open question how well it would hit, but it hit very well. Yeah. And just really quickly, I, I realized I forgot to mention your excellent newsletter, This Lad. Um, and I think you were referencing the, a couple of pieces you recently wrote for that. Uh, so people should check that out, too, uh, in addition to American Psychosis. Um and one of the one of the things, and you write about this too. It, Donald went on Alex's Jones show after Alex Jones claimed falsely and evilly that a Sandy Hook was a false flag operation uh, to gin up support for gun control or something. I don't know. The guy's so horrible. And I think what we see, and that that your narrative leads us to is that, for example, as you said, Palin and McCain didn't, the ticket didn't succeed. Obviously, Palin succeeded personally, but it just serves to soften the ground so that when the more obviously extreme, or not not more extreme, but more openly extreme, like Donald, it just you know, that's just sort of the way it is. And we kind of see this with the parties. The Republicans are kind of expected to be bad in the ways they're bad. So it's not news. Um, and the Democrats are always expected to be conciliatory and to make compromises. And when they do, when that doesn't happen, it's their responsibility, uh, which really puts us in a bind, doesn't it? Well, you know, I didn't use the phrase Overton window in the book because it, it, it's become a gigantic cliche. But that, but that is what you see happening um, if you go back through the decades. I mean, Newt Gingrich came into office uh, leadership uh, in, the, in the House around the same time Rush Limbaugh was rising to prominence, preaching hatred and demagoguery and dehumanizing and demonizing the opposition, the Democrats and liberals and feminazis and, and yeah. environmentalists, tree huggers and everything else. Um, and he went out there and said, we have to make a case that the Democrats, and he, you know, his PAC put this out in a memo to, to Republicans, that they're radical, they're traitorous, they, 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 they're, they're, they're enemies, they are anti-children, they are anti-United States. He put up a whole list of words to use, and, okay, so you're telling your base this as well, that this is what we think of the other side, so obviously he can't make deals, and he told, you know, um, in 94 that in 96 that they were going to run against bill clinton noting that he was not a normal person not a normal american uh, this is before even the monica Lewinsky stuff so um they're you know they're they're vilifying the other side again and, and then and then sarah you know palin comes along and you know, 2008 and says that Barack Obama is a terrorist, and and you can just see 
Look at it from the basis perspective. Okay, yes. your, your, your Republican leaders in the 90s are saying that, you know, that, that Bill Clinton killed and, and Hillary, they killed Vince Foster, or they may have covered up his murder, and that they're not normal people, and the Democrats are anti-children and anti-God and anti-all this. And then, you know, you know George H.W. Bush, you know, as you said that Michael Dukakis wasn't a good patriot, and then Sarah Palin says uh, that Barack Obama's a terrorist and a socialist and a communist, and he basically wants to oppose a tyrannical state in the United States, and the Tea Party says what it says about Obama being a secret socialist Muslim, wants to destroy the country. So you keep doing this, and they keep kind of upping the ante, and the base... You know, what do you, they need a new fix. It's like being a junkie in some ways. And so in 2016, you have these 15 Republican candidates who are out there saying, I have a good tax plan. Oh, I have a better education plan. I was the education governor. Oh, I want to talk about housing policy or my foreign policy is better. And Donald Trump says, don't you get it? There are Muslims who are trying to kill us. we got to get rid of them. And the basis, we're not looking for better tax policy. You've been telling us for years that the Democrats want to destroy this country, that they're secret connivers who want to take away Christianity and build concentration camps, and they have death panels. So if, they, if I don't die because of a death panel, they're going to lock me up. And you, they've been saying this for years, and you can't undo that. stupid. You can't say, now we're going to go back to debating whether Bobby Jindal or Jeb Bush is better on capital gains. I mean, that's, you know, so yeah. that's what I mean when I say that, you know, that, that Donald Trump was not an aberration. He was a continuation, a culmination. You know, he just, you know, threw all the niceties aside and said, okay, I'm going to, you know, like, like I want to mainline this stuff to you. I got the good stuff here. It's not cut. It's not, you know, you know, uh, you know it's not uh, watered down. I'm going to give you the bloodiest red meat I can give you. But it's only because the taste for red meat had been uh, both enhanced and, 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 and cultured and catered to by Republicans for decades. Yeah, but what's amazing is that it seems, well, either the base is bigger than we thought, or um, more people hold important views than we would have liked, uh, because Donald did get 12 million more votes yeah. in 2018. Yeah, no, I, think, I, I think it's pretty scary. I think that... Um, you know, not you know, not everyone. You know, there are people who just vote Republican because they're Republican, and there are people who vote for him because they hate Hillary. Right. Um, it's twenty sixteen. They hate Joe Biden. You know, so you know what you might call what what the Republicans themselves used to call the kooks. You know, if you're trying to discern the kooks, you look at polling and you see you know how many of them believe in birtherism, how many believe the election was stolen, and I don't know, it, it varies, but anywhere, it's, you know, sometimes half of the Republican, you know, people who are self-identified Republicans. Now, it's still 
tens of millions of Americans. And it's a problem in a democracy to have so many Americans, so many citizens detached from reality so you can't even have a discussion with them. You can't talk about the sky because they say it's green and, and when it's blue. Um, and so what do you do? And, and, and democracy, particularly if they have disproportionate political power because mm -hmm. of gerrymandering and the way this, the, the Senate is structured in the Electoral College. Um, and I, you know, you know, going back again to my book, because that's why we're here, but American Psychosis, trying to figure out how we move ahead as a country, understanding part of this um, history here, I think is very um, uh, helpful because you get to see, okay, a it wasn't as if a switch was flipped in right. 2016. This stuff is deeply rooted and maybe too deep to be pulled out, yanked out with one election or one good commercial or one good you know, strategy. And so then what, what do you do? Uh, my, the word that keeps coming to me is segregation. I don't mean physical segregation. I don't mean racial segregation. I mean, if there are 30, 40, 50 million Americans who are not attached to reality, you're not going to reattach them. Right. You know, a few on the margins you can. You can right. gain a few, but you, you can't. Um, you can't, you know, you can't convince them because trying to convince them only proves to them that you're devious, yep. right? So how can you segregate them politically, culturally? You can't, you know, can't go through them. How can you go around them? You know, you look at the Dobbs decision, what's happening with, with reproductive rights. You know, can we build other structures in this country to provide reproductive rights to people who need it in the states they need it? And, you know, it will be terrible in all these places, but we'll have a bifurcated country uh, on that issue. And maybe, again, if they get their way on the issue of, of gay marriage and the use of, of contraception, um, we just may have to sort of figure a way to sort of keep them sort of penned up uh, yeah. politically uh, because you know Nancy Pelosi a few months ago said we need the old Republican Party back you know and I said well actually you know I said in a piece I write not really you know you're not I, I know why that sounds good it makes her sound reasonable. Yeah. With the old two-party system back, you know, there's a, there is value to the two-party system, but not a two-party system where one party is, you know, still held hostage by 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 extremists, which who are fueled by hatred and paranoia and and, and bigotry and racism. So, um, you know, I you know when. You know, I think the technical term is we're in a pickle. But I also think understanding how we got here and realizing it's not just one guy. The problem is not Trump. It's Trumpism, as I know you, you've said many times. And that Trumpism is nothing new but a con continuation or an intensification. Yes. Or the, you know, you know the, 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 the logical <coughs> conclusion of why everything that's happened before that. If you have that understanding, which I hope I convey in the book, then maybe you can think realistically about how to move forward at this moment in time. Yeah, and I think with um, Pelosi and, and even when, when Joe Biden refers to MAGA Republicans, that, that's a line they have to walk because you don't want to be insulting all Republicans for purely political reasons. Right. But if you do understand, as, as you help us to, how deeply... Uh, seated this uh, 
not in the cravenness is, you know, the, the willingness to go all in and seed ground to the worst elements in our society. You understand that we don't, we need an entirely new party, whether it's a Republican party or some other party, uh, in order to break free. Um, because even though this has been going on for a long time, it's it's not like it's the same as it's been. It gets worse over time. And when, you know, between 2017 and 2019, essentially, we had 100% of elected Republicans uh, representing the worst elements of our society, which just, I think, helps explain why 12 million more people voted for Donald, because the disease metastasized. You know, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think I, I like the metaphor of the disease. I could call it a political disease. And psychosis is when, as, as you know, as an, as, a, as an expert in this field, is when you don't recognize reality, when you're detached from reality. And if you believe that the election wasn't, you know, was stolen from Donald Trump, then you are not in sync with reality and you know it's it's a deep problem it's a, it's a deep psychosis and viruses wax and wane they get stronger they get weaker you sometimes beat them back and they they mutate and they come back and, you know we've learned a lot about viruses in the last few years yeah. and it's very hard to get rid of them totally totally get rid of them out of the bloodstream but you know disease like polio it got beaten back but also it's coming back now. It's an emergency in New York. So you got to, you know, be vigilant in, in dealing um, with, with, with all this stuff. And um, it, it's, and I know, it, I know it sounds hard and tough. I think history actually, you know, in some ways is inspiring. You know, we always think this is the worst time ever, but the McCarthy period was actually worse for many people. They right. lost their jobs and livelihoods, and the paranoia was just even more extensive in some ways than, than it is now. Yep. You know, but history, I think, is inspiring. You know, we made it through a, a civil war, and, you know, with 700,000 dead Americans, uh, but the country rebuilt itself and found a way to go forward with a lot of problems, reconstruction and so on. And, and you also see, like, you know, nothing is immutable. The, the Republican Party began very gloriously with all the right fantastic principles of trying to restrain slavery, not end it exactly at that point, but expand economic opportunity for, you know, middle or low income Americans. We're talking about white men, of course, but they, you know, they building the infrastructure, what we would call it now, creating um, free colleges for agricultural um, knowledge. I mean, that was the Republican Party was about freedom and economic opportunity. And it rose out of the ashes of the Whigs who collapsed because they fell apart over the issue of slavery. Okay. Half the Whig party, you know, was to varying degrees opposed to slavery and the Southern Whigs wanted to, you know, not challenge it. Right. Um, and the party split and fell apart and remnants of the Northern Whigs joined with other groups to form the Republican Party in 1854. And six years later, Abraham Lincoln was elected president as a Republican. Um, so I think, you know, I, I you know, maybe it's a way of taking refuge from the from the awfulness of the present moment. But history, you know, you know does 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 have things to teach us. But also, I think 
giving giving you sort of a way to feel that the problem you know it does show the problem is bigger but also that it's been here a long time so it's not unique or new it's somewhat different but it's not as if we're confronting something that our fellow americans and human beings of years past have not confronted elsewhere yeah and hopefully um it we will confront it more directly because I think that, as you write, is part of the problem. It hasn't been confronted in the way it needs to be in order for this uh, psychosis to be rooted out. And um, I'm just, I'm curious, you you probably finished writing the book a few months ago. Uh, I think a lot of what's happened